A movie with absolutely zero controversy about Mary Allen of this movie is kind of like the last breath of the Snyderverse. You know, of course, it's a era of film that is going to be talked about long throughout history about a movie franchise that has tried to compete with Marvel, tried to do its own thing, but also tried to keep it all connected until eventually this past year, it got announced that James Gunn was taking over as the CEO of DC Films. And this movie is going to be the swan song of this cinematic universe. This film featuring Barry Allen going back in time to save his mother. An adaptation of the classic Jeff John story, Flashpoint, that film that's uh, been adapted in an animated film called The Flashpoint Paradox, as well as on CW's The Flash. And utilizing all those different elements of DC, utilizing this this very odd cinematic universe that was the Snyderverse. What did you guys think of this when it was first announced? Uh, When it was first announced? Mm -hmm. I've been convinced up until maybe four months ago that it didn't exist. It was just a Mm -hmm. psyop that they showed Tom Cruise, Stephen (laughs) King, and James Gunn. Uh, (laughs) It also, it just weirdly has like the longest production history ever. I believe Mm -hmm. even longer than the gap between Avatar 1 and Avatar 2. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I, I think it, it was first announced ba- back around the press tour for uh, 2016 when uh, Batman v Superman was announced. And they announced this whole slate of a cinematic universe that was meant to like compete with Marvel. And Flash was going to be one of the first projects after, after Justice League. Right. But, you know, various develop problems happened during development. At one point, basically... You could list off a who's who of great directors now, and at one point they were attached to direct The Flash. I mean, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller were attached to this at some point. Uh, Jonathan Goldstein and uh, John Francis Daly, who are the credited story writers for this, mm-hmm. who would go on to direct uh, Game Night and Dungeons and Dragons, they were attached to direct this. Seth Graham Smith was attached as his directorial debut. Rick Famuyiwa, Travis Knight. A who's who was attached to direct this, and throughout through various different complications, this movie almost never saw the light of day. For a long time, The Flash mm-hmm. was basically this almost boogeyman of a film that would have never seen the light of day. And you know, you got to just think it's a movie about a guy who runs fast. <laughs> yeah. and- and we exist in a world where, like, Batman's utility belt will get a five-part HBO Max series, or, sorry, Max series. Yeah. So for The Flash to seem like it could never be made mm-hmm. seemed to be strange, but I just assumed the whole thing was doomed, plus mm-hmm. with uh, the, the lead-up to it. And, you know, you'll mm-hmm. just hear things like Ben Affleck returning as Batman. I'm like, didn't he just <laughs> say in an interview that week that he was he would rather drink himself to death or something along those lines? Yeah, I, I mean, conflating the two or I, was about. I, to. I, I mean, he said that he would drink himself to death if he had to direct a Batman movie. Which I mean, he made his best attempt, and mm-hmm. he started drinking himself to death because of mm-hmm. all the stress, and they wouldn't mm-hmm. let him do what he wanted to do, and he. Seemed to have actually a pretty good script of what he wanted to mm-hmm. do and how he's going to do it, and just 
the many different studios, the many different visions trying to fight him. He just he just gave up. Said, Screw well, it. I remember. I yeah, remember he, the direct he quote he, on he that. Yeah, he retreated right into Ana de Armas's bed. Yeah. Well, that, I remember the direct quote that he said uh, about the script, and he said, "Like, yeah, I, I handed it to a friend of mine. I said, he said, this is a really good script. I think if you direct this, you will train yourself to death." That was the quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Weirdly enough, uh, kind of just saying a, an earlier thought on it, watching uh, Ben Affleck as Batman for like the first seven minutes of this movie, I was like, oh, we kind of were robbed of a Batfleck movie. Uh, I wouldn't say that because for me, there's too, way too much baggage for Ben Affleck's take on the character. And... I liked what I saw in both versions of Justice League and in various appearances that he's had as Bruce Wayne in this move in uh, this cinematic universe. But I thought for as you know tumultuous as his journey as a character has been, it was nice to see him go out on this high note because that is one of the better sequences in this movie is seeing uh, is seeing a. Uh, uh, Batflex mentorship of Barry Allen, seeing mm -hmm. their dynamic and how it's developed since uh, whichever version of Justice League you decide is canon. I mean, I think yeah. they name drop him him traveling back in time, which was the canon ending in the Snyder Cut. Yeah, I believe they've just full on mm -hmm. said the Snyder Cut is canon because I mm -hmm. think they realized that the other one was made uh, very shoddily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not to... Not to give too much praise to the Snyder Cut, but uh, there, mm -hmm. it's a little more coherent. Mm -hmm. It's not as much of a Frankenstein's monster of a movie as as uh, the theatrical cut of Justice League was. Yeah. My take on that Justice League movie was always, I mean, I remember seeing it on a Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. I remember kind of enjoying some parts of it, but it felt like a Cronenberg monster that came out of a portal and screamed out, kill me, while also mm -hmm. being somewhat entertaining. <laughs> Uh, which is exactly how it went. It was a Frankenstein's monster mm -hmm. of a bad situation that the studio abused and uh, hired another complete director. And you can tell the moments where he came in. Mm -hmm. But the funny thing about that, too, is if they just released the movie, maybe in like a three hour cut version, it probably would have done better than if they never interfered at all. Because the stuff he cut, he then re-added, which just bloated it even further. Mm -hmm. If he just let it lean and just cut out a lot of the crap but you could have mm -hmm. cut it down to a three-hour version i think people would have been fine with it mm -hmm. but regardless of that yeah this flash movie has yeah, even earlier than that a flash movie has been in plans and since the late 80s mm -hmm. it's been in and out since the 2014 it wasn't until 2014 that like you know what we're gonna be make it part of a cinematic universe mm -hmm. and then that's where all that just back and forth back and forth so it, this movie it, already had a lot and it was mountain to get over and it was even before that where i think in mm. 2013 when uh, season two of arrow debuted yeah. they announced that they were gonna have barry allen be a character on season two of arrow yeah and that was eventually gonna backdoor pilot into a season of the flash where you know if that didn't go well uh Bar the flash was gonna be a supporting character on arrow but here we are 10 seasons later <laughs> yeah arguably um Flash season one, Flash season one, and Arrow seasons one and two are basically mm -hmm. the best that they've ever made, mm -hmm. and it all went downhill pretty soon after that. Uh, uh, that's a whole other topic. I don't yeah, even want to get into that, it. 
that is a whole other topic that is gonna be best saved for a spoiler discussion on yeah you know this movie and along with dc studios as a whole but the flash the film starts with barry allen discovering that he has the power to run so fast that he can break the time barrier travel back in time and affect history and if you remember uh reading a flash comic or watching the either version of it you know that barry's father is sitting in prison accused of the murder of his mother and barry goes back in time to save her but in doing so changes history alters reality completely creates a world with no metahumans so it's on him to recruit this universe's batman and supergirl in order to stop the threat of the flash's greatest enemy general zod yeah i i think i think it's worth mentioning uh Mm -hmm. as far as just the initial hook for the movie a big Mm -hmm. reason why there is this pressure to go back to save their mom Mm -hmm. is that things have escalated in the relationship with uh the case against Mm -hmm. their father um he's enlisted the help of bruce wayne who Mm -hmm. used all his resources and found no alibi for him that Mm -hmm. day and uh the flash's life is pretty much sucking and also Mm -hmm. um happenstances force uh barry allen to be stuck a little bit further a little bit further in the past than they mm-hmm. wanted to be. Yeah, yeah. If if you've guessed from yeah, if, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh yeah. So Ezra Miller is a non-binary actor. They uh, use the pronouns they them, but the character that they play is Barry Allen. So it's he him. So it's 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 a delicate tightrope to dance. But also there are two berries, so they. <laughs> yeah, so they they applies. So. You know, in doing so and traveling back in time, they interact with a past version of of Barry Allen. So, and for as wonky as the CG effects get in this movie, the effect of the two berries is kind of seamless. Especially because um, not that long ago it was very impressive that we got to see uh, in something like the Social Network with uh, two Army Hammers. And here, it's just as seamless. Is like not even. Uh, not even just uh, them having to having them play the same same person with the same face, but just change the wig and have them in different clothes in the same scene. It's like both versions of Barry Allen are interacting extensively in a way that is very hard to pull off convincingly. But the scene was never broken for me. I I'm curious, just mm-hmm. as sort of cold thoughts. Fear lights go up. How did y'all feel at the end of this movie? Theater lights go up at the end of this movie. I'm saying just that at the end, you watched the movie. What was your initial reaction? My initial reaction after watching this movie, I felt like how people who love pop culture, but I felt like the people who walked out of Ready Player One. I felt like I was just fed an endless slew of Easter eggs and cameos and deep cuts that were meant to appeal to nobody except the very, very, very deepest of Kevin Smith of nerds <laughs> meant to draw out the most stale of applause in effects that were rendered on a Nintendo GameCube. 
that you bought at a flea market from a guy that also sells fake Jordans and puppies out of the same van. Damn. Dusk? Uh, <laughs> I'm not as harsh as that, but I do feel as soon as the lights went up, I just thought, I thought, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> that's that's fair. Uh, <laughs> so I saw it about two weeks ago. Okay. I'm, fair enough. I've had, a, I've had a long time to think about, deliberate, mm-hmm. all that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's a tense experience sitting in the mm-hmm. theater. Lights go up, looking at each other. Mm-hmm. Everybody there said, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I, I've not wavered on it. I have pretty uncomplicated right. feelings on this movie. I, uh, I've since had the take that uh, people were like, well, that's just fucking bait. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this is no way home but good. I I like No Way Home way more than this. That that's fair. It is uh-huh. it is a very likable movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I was I was just sort of curious uh, mm-hmm. where, where y'all left with it. Um, what did y'all like about this? Okay, so so a couple things. Yeah. So so just to get down to the nitty gritty of the things I liked about this, um, for. As controversial as Ezra Miller is as a person, as a performer, and as both versions of Barry Allen in this film, I thought for what they're given, I think they are doing a fantastic job of portraying this character in a way that they haven't really given the been given the room to in previous iterations. Like with uh, both versions of Justice League, I felt like this is this was a Barry Allen that was very emotionally complex that was going through the mo through the emotional ringer and all of the emotional scenes with uh him and his parents i thought all of those worked really well i really love seeing michael keaton back in the cow again even mm-hmm. though this is essentially a basically just a paycheck role for michael keaton and i've said this before Michael Keaton sleepwalking is better than most actors at their very strongest. Yeah. <laughs> and he he is absolutely phenomenal. He commands the screen. It is cool seeing his take on Batman and also getting to see the improvements that you get with not just a better suit, but with a better cinematography because you get this iconic version of this character that is also able to fight on screen in a way that you wish he could have without the limitations of the early costume. Uh, Sasha Kaye, I think she is fantastic as Cars Orel. She reminded me a lot of the character that I read reading uh, Tom Taylor's Woman of Tomorrow. And I think that she is fantastic. She is given a criminal amount. She is criminally underused in this movie. And if they announce that she is reprising her role in the announced Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow... I would applaud because I think she is a performer that deserves another chance at this character with more meat to chew on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just sort of curious. Cause I feel like I kind of mm-hmm. bury the lead on my, my liking of this mm-hmm. movie Tusk. How did you feel about it? Um, <laughs> look, as far as good, good aspects mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll get into the bad. Yeah. So the positive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. No, no, mm-hmm. I'm trying to be. I, I always try to come mm-hmm. with the cop positive first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think 
I think overall, I think the music the music tone is good. I think overall, <laughs> there's good cues here. I like that uh, even if it's ch cheap, I do appreciate that they do musical cues that represent characters. That's actually a fairly important uh, usage of characters is the theme that they create and like likeness to it, to it. Uh, I thought again, yeah, Michael Keaton. I think even when he sleepwalked through a performance, I'm just like, I just can I just watch the movie for you? I don't <laughs> I don't really care about anything else. I just want to. I would rather like it's basically the entire time I was like, yeah, what would a lazy Batman be like when he's just not doing anything? <laughs> Even if this is stupid, this is on the levels yeah. of uh, Teen Titans Go or something. It's really dumb. Like his Batman for a while. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know I mean, what? We, not, 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 not the George. It's just more tired. We have you know the what? George Clooney Batman. You know, yeah. Which is you know just what? A Batman that's coming down from cocaine. I'm guessing. True. You know what? I, I'll, I'll say this as well. Uh, I'll get him out of the way real quickly because okay. unfortunately, like a lot in this movie, there's not. There are moments I, I could have wanted, but I didn't get enough of. Mm -hmm. I actually liked Ben Affleck as the brief moments of Batman for like the mm -hmm. last moment he's ever going to play this damn character. He finally mm -hmm. gets a moment to be like, "This is what Batman represents, and mm -hmm. scars are who we are, and it's just what we do with them matters." And he's actually being a reasonable human being mm -hmm. and actually talking from the heart. And be you understand like wow, yeah. Beneath he's a broken guy, but he understands what he's doing at least in the aspect of what his pain is, and he's trying to instill that camaraderie with with Barry, and he understands yeah, him from it, a point of view. Yeah, it it felt like a version of the character that I wanted to see in right. films like BDS or or Justice League. Right, the character that you are selling me that this is a Batman who has been doing this for a majority of his adult life. And he is still acting like he's fresh out the cow. He is right. still like horrifically murdering criminals left and right. And right. he is just a very closed off person. And here it feels like it's a natural progression of that, especially having worked with Superman, having worked with the entire justice league and realizing his mistakes and trying to not, not lead a character like Barry down that same road. Right. Uh, again, if this was the version of Batman we got, mm -hmm. a more grizzled version, tired a bit more, but willing to work with everyone and mm -hmm. but instilling bits of wisdom here and there, I think he would have been much better accepted. And I th always thought Ben Affleck actually had a natural mm -hmm. way of doing the character. It's just that he had nothing to chew on. And it's kind of bittersweet yeah. seeing him and that character at for all extents of purposes here. Mm -hmm. And knowing what you could have had and be like, oh, yeah. yeah well, it's the yeah, most yeah. complex take that we've gotten on the character. Yes. Just for him. Because, yes. it's, you know, it, Snyder always, um, and I know the people who love Snyder will defend him to death. And that's... Go right ahead. I've made uh -huh. my piece with yep. that. Um, I think Snyder always loses sight of whatever big ideas he has with a character in favor yeah. of the character looking cool. Of the spectacle. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, and this movie yeah, and, has that yeah. and also has the world-weary aspect that Affleck brings in the movie star persona that he brings to his later supporting roles, which have all been pretty stellar lately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you go back the last five years, there hasn't been a Ben Affleck role that I haven't liked, at least. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll even mention this about uh, Kara. Mm -hmm. She's not the interpretation of the Kara I kind of wanted necessarily. I do think um, I wouldn't have necessarily chosen her for, for it. But 
I thought for the what she was given, I actually think she did a pretty solid job as a uh, as an interpretation of the war, more warrior minded Kara that we <laughs> later see in. That is a much more differential of. I mean, a lot of people mistake Kara as like, oh, she's just female Superman. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. actually, she's actually yeah, had a that, character very yeah, distinct that, from Superman for a long time. Yeah, they just the per- don't. Yeah, the perception of Kara Kara Zor-El, I think, is very warped by by the movie that came out in the '90s that. Uh, yeah. Or in the 80s, very, late, oh, excuse me, in the eighties, the mid eighties. Uh, excuse me, to very mixed reception, and also uh, as much as I liked parts of it, the CW Supergirl show because yeah. they very much just gender swapped Clark Kent. Yeah. But in comics, and especially in some later runs like Tom Taylor's uh, Woman of Tomorrow, Kara's a much more complicated character because she grew up on Krypton. She does not have that same connection to humanity that Clark does. Yeah. In a lot and of I ways, thought, she hates humans and, yeah, and, and resents them. Yeah, and and when uh, when Sasha Kaye gets to chew chew on some of that and get to showcase some of that, I thought she was she was spectacular, and I'm really upset that she didn't get more to do. Yeah, but at the end of the day, this is not this is this movie is right. not called Supergirl. This movie is called The Flash, and I've said this before about other projects that have that have briefly showcased other mm-hmm. characters from other projects. But at the end of the day, this movie is about the Flash, right? Despite that, what all of the marketing would have you believe, pretty much. That that was one of the things I to get into positives. What sure. I really <laughs> enjoyed about the movie was that it was an honest to god Flash movie. I was shocked. That was the that was the biggest like shock of the entire movie, outside of a few cameos, uh, where I was just sitting around like, "Yo, this." This is actually following this character through and through, mm-hmm. uh, despite taking a detour to Batman. Um, I think the thing that a lot of people have, you know, gotten upset about is that, hey, why is this first Flash movie going to be a Flashpoint movie? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, the first Flash movie is Justice League. And the only friends that he really has established is fucking Batman. So now all these people have to be in his orbit. And... Um, I think for a multiverse movie, which is a trend that I <laughs> want to die uh, <laughs> as much as I really love the Spider-Verse movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, what works about Spider-Verse, what works about uh, everything everywhere all at once mm-hmm. is that you can have a multiverse story. You can get as loopy as possible, but you got to have a great emotional spine. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this movie, I never felt any large looming questions with Barry's motivation to go back in time, especially it being uh, in in the plot of the movie uh, as simple as, hey, what if I put an extra can of tomatoes in my mom's cart at a grocery store, mm-hmm. you know? And the repercussions of that are vast <laughs> and huge and unexpected and break everything to insane levels. I thought Keaton was absolutely delightful as Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Ezra was really good. Um, I, it's the first time I've actually liked them in this role. Mm-hmm. Mind you, it, I'm uh, grading it on a pretty big curve of this is a, this movie is putting a lot on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, they're anchoring talking to themselves for most of the movie. Most of the movie <laughs> is interactions between themselves. What I really enjoyed about the movie is just the overall 
relatable message of accepting your life and your pain mm -hmm. and what and that that matters mm -hmm. and not dwelling on what could be or what couldn't be. Mm -hmm. I also felt it was very relatable with the what is it like to meet yourself when you're 18? <laughs> it must be a fucking complete dumbass who ruins the world. <laughs> you know, I, I, I thought the action scenes were very, very, very competent. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that the script was solid. Um, I like that it, there really isn't a villain to this movie. Um, uh... I... We, we we can deliberate that in a little. Bit. I mean, uh, I mean, even in Flashpoint, as much as as a reverse Flash is the real big bad of that story, is the on paper big bad of that story. The real villain is Barry Allen. Yeah, yeah. I thought that the second act of this movie is one of the strongest acts I've ever seen of a comic book movie in recent memory. Uh, I enjoyed the. The hey, we're going to a make an origin story for the Flash, and then we're also <laughs> going to do the sequel thing of what if the Flash doesn't have their powers? You know, like what what would happen then? I thought the entire introduction of uh, Michael Keaton's Batman was done late enough into the movie to where it didn't it didn't feel like he took over the entire movie, <laughs> but it also didn't feel like Toby and Andrew where it is. It is just them getting a paycheck. They, I felt like Keaton <clears throat> actually felt had a narrative purpose to the movie, especially in explaining the overall stakes of the movie. And um, yeah, yeah, I generally really enjoyed it. With uh, <sighs> it's not perfect. There are a lot of issues, but we will get into those. <laughs> so I, I agree with you in some points. I loved Michael Keaton's. Uh, portrayal of batman in this movie i liked uh, that this at its core is a story about barry allen coming to terms with his own history and accepting the things that he can't change what i don't agree with is a lot of the action scenes i think if i had to describe the action in this movie it's an a for effort but a d minus in execution because the cg in this movie it's just it's distracting how bad it is it looks like it's rendered on a gamecube i i do think that the biggest issue to this movie which i will say this is not an issue that is unique to the flash in this point <laughs> in time it's it's not even it, it's not even an issue that's unique to Andy Muschietti's filmography because this is the same problem that he's had in both of his it movies i i have less of an issue with his it movies uh mm -hmm. special effects mm -hmm. than um than I did with the Flash. I my overall takeaway is that it felt like a Zemeckis movie with all the good <laughs> and all the bad of Zemeckis's career. I think <laughs> Machete's comments saying that it was intentional that the CGI looked like this. Yeah, um, I call I, cap. cap. I don't call I don't call cap because it was very consistently bad in very specific areas, and I think I I just think in general. He has bad instincts when it comes to the special effects. I also think any character that moves fast has been bodied by Quicksilver, <laughs> who 
has I mean, the scene in Days of Future's Past and sure. Apocalypse are the greatest uses yeah. of super speed in a movie. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And, yeah, I feel like we've gotten as much to an impasse as we can about The Flash without going into spoilers, which is going to be coming Monday with another friend of the show, Hunter, as a special guest. But to get oh, to our final gonna, thoughts... It's going to be a delight. <laughs> it's going to be delightful. I mean, it, it's it's a black man going against a white man. What could I do yeah. on June? 10th? Are are we are we? Uh, what was I about to say? <laughs> are, are we getting the hunter from the multiverse for you <laughs> <at> four stars? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The hunt. I mean, aren't you the hunter from the multiverse? As it's giving us our uh, peak. <laughs> I might be his reverse. Flash. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh get into our final thoughts uh nathan um so i don't know if uh, you've been on the show in the last couple months but we developed a new scale so our lowest is uh is a waste of film then it's a uh, skip it burn it stream it tune in peak this is cinema on that scale what would you rank this movie and why um I would say it's between a, a rent it or a tune in. I thought mm-hmm. it was uh, or stream it or whatever. I it, it's fine. I I think that um, I think that of the superhero movies that have come out mm. this year, this firmly sits pretty far in the middle. Um, I liked Guardians of the Galaxy three a lot more. Mm. Obviously, Across the Spider Verse handles a lot of the multiverse stuff a lot better than this. But I also, um, as much as I was not a fan of the CGI, it was not as distractingly horrible as Quantumania, um, a movie that I like more than most, but mm-hmm. um, it, it's inexcusable. All the actors feel like they're at a set in Atlanta, you know, just, just standing around in a parking lot. Uh, but... I thought it was a good script. I thought it was a good action. I gave a shit about what happened to the characters, and um, I had a fun time, and I didn't really have that many complicated feelings about it, despite going in with a lot of complicated feelings. <laughs> okay, Dusk, what did you think? Uh, without going into any of the negatives or any aspects I have about it, just taking it as it is, Mm-hmm. Um, all things considered, I'd say it's a, it's a stream it. There's no reason for you to go to the theaters to watch this movie. Uh, I'm sorry. None of it justifies enough for it to be a big temple movie. I've also seen the other versions of Flash Paradox. I've seen mm-hmm. the comic run. I've seen how the story can go. And this is woefully under the representation mm-hmm. of what it could have been. And that's not necessarily the film's fault, but I have to hold it to a standard mm-hmm. regardless. So, yeah, this is a stream it. Um, or you can wait for YouTube and then watch all the Michael Keaton parts <laughs> and the Supergirl parts, and you won't really miss much. <clears throat> yeah, so for me, I kind of echo a lot of the points that you have. I echo a lot of what I felt watching Suicide Squad in 2016, oh, having yeah. seen batman assault on arkham and how perfect of a suicide squad movie that was and feeling like you had the template of what this story could be and you Mm -hmm. didn't do it i see 
the absolute heights that the story could go with just the flashpoint paradox and you didn't do it in favor of just cramming in as many nostalgia bait as many cameos as many Mm. member berries as you could but for as little of a part as that actually plays in the story with everything else especially with uh the emotional beats with uh ezra miller's flash and his story about his accepting Mm. what he can't change i just felt eh. yeah I just felt very meh about this, and I and and they just announced that Annie Muschietti is going to be the director for uh, James Gunn's Batman: Brave and the Bold, and I seeing a lot of that, and I don't necessarily blame him for how this movie turned out. I mean, no, he this had, is a monster. Uh, yeah, th- this was about as big of a Frankenstein's monster of a movie as you could have. About as many different production woes as many different scripts as many different stories as many different versions of this movie that came together into this final product it's i'd be more interested in seeing the documentary about the production of this movie than the movie itself i i just felt very bleh about this i this is a skip it for me for as great of multiverse stories as we've gotten with films like Everything Everywhere All at Once, with Across the Spider-Verse, and I'll say even with No Way Home, at least with that movie, the nostalgia and the cameos in that movie, they played a part in that movie's story versus just, hey, remember this? I I could not disagree more, but I'll get past that. <laughs> Even in this is going to be a slight spoiler, at least in context. Even with uh, something like Rogue One with Grand Moff Tarkin, how they recreated mm-hmm. him with CGI, at least that was a character that played a part in the story versus just "Hey, remember this?" Oh, you know what? I'm changing it. <laughs> you know what? You've convinced me. No, uh, yeah, this is a skip it. <laughs> I, I'm going down. I, I'm, yes! I'm going to skip it. No, a, a, no, no, no. As I'm thinking about it, as I'm, as I was sitting in that theater watching that, and going, I almost felt offended, almost in that last moment of being like. But the rest of the movie carried on, and it did its thing. It's like, well, if you want to watch this stream, but you know what? No, because, and you know what? Even with Grandma Tarkin. He didn't even have to be in that movie at all. He didn't even have to have him in there. But they did, and they tried to do something with him. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have advised that because I was foolish mm-hmm. from the get-go. But <laughs> they did it anyways. But yeah, in this one, they just put things in there to be like, mm-hmm. oh, man, uh, look what you're affecting. These other products that we own because we're WB. And like, mm-hmm. no, no. Yeah, this is a <sighs> god damn. Yeah, this is a skip it. No. Yeah, you've uh, you've convinced me. I'm actually adding this to my sight and sound ballot for best movies <laughs> of the 2020. <laughs> go for it. You go right for it, and no one will ever respect your you, opinion you, again. You do, you, brother. <laughs> People don't respect my opinion. Okay. <laughs> well, it was nice having you on. Bye. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I might actually be dipping after this point, but yeah. <laughs> Zoom well, out of here. <laughs> that that was uh that was our review of uh the Flash. Nathan, uh, tell us tell the people where they can find you if you are in fact dipping. 
yeah, yeah. You can basically find me on Twitter at Nathan Flynn, uh, N-A-T-H-A-N-F-L-Y-N-N. You can see the way how my name is spelled over there. I can't believe I got mm-hmm. that username. Yeah. Um, and then you can find my podcast, which uh, has been delayed for a long period of time, but we're definitely coming back with a little bit of content coming within the next couple months. Uh, Mission Impotable, uh, I-M-P-O-D-I-B-L-E. Uh, is how that's spelled, and we cover the Mission Impossible franchise. And uh, yeah, fucking Dead Reckoning. Come on, let's, let's go. go. Mm-hmm. I'm right there All with right. you, bro. Well, it was it was a pleasure. I'm gonna leave the Speed Force. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Good to meet you, Dusk. Yeah, nice meeting you too, boss. <laughs>